You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. So we're going to have some fun today and talk about the kingdom. <clears throat> you know that we oftentimes, we'll, we'll talk about there's a difference between kingdom culture and church culture. And we do a lot of things in church culture, a lot of things that we learn, a lot of things that are tradition, they aren't necessarily bad, they just aren't necessarily kingdom culture, they're just learned behavior, they're the traditions of men, and I'm okay with the traditions of men as long as they don't nullify the power of God. <laughs> if they're traditions that nullify the kingdom from coming in, then we, we want to get rid of those when we recognize them. And so, but the kingdom is, is what, Jesus, what Jesus talked about. And I'm going to read you a prayer out of, out of Matthew 6. And we've modeled this prayer to the best of our understanding and revelation for since we've, honestly, in my own personal life, I've been, I've been doing it for the last decade or, or so. And and as, you, as you're in relationship with Jesus, you're all the time just getting, you know, they feel like incredible revelations, and they are, but they're pieces of, of kingdom understanding is the way I look at it. As you're getting understanding of kingdom living better as you and I are just daily remaining in relationship with Jesus. That's what it, it boils down to. It's, it's re- everything in the kingdom is real, real simple. Like, I know that lots of things are super mystical, super deep, and way beyond us. But Jesus didn't make it complicated for us to be in relationship with Him. And this is, this is what I keep it narrowed down to is, hey, I just need to let Him love me on a daily basis. And by allowing Him to love me, I'm going to be able to love me, and I'm going to be able to love Him, and I'm going to be able to love you. And everything flows from that place. And so years ago, they came out with that song, Simple Gospel. I was listening to a little bit of that album, album today or this morning, and it just reminded me that it was always supposed to be simple. But it's so easy for me personally to complicate things and, and, and turn inwardly and, and forget that, that I have been created. Actually, my new nature is to live selfless. In every season of my life. And I'm not talking about not taking care of ourselves. Like that's really important. But honestly, you know, I'm taking care of me for the benefit of others also. Because me being healthy is going to benefit, is going to benefit my family. Me being healthy is going to benefit you. Me being healthy is going to benefit, you know, big picture. You just keep on going out, right, to, to more and more people. And so self-care is important. But in the midst of self-care, I can't forget that I was created to be selfless. That I was created to focus on other people, right, as I focus on Him. Because actually, years ago, I was sitting watching, have anybody ever heard of God's General's uh, books and DVDs? Uh, Lindsay, I don't know how many years ago, 2012 or so, I remember we were in our, our apartment, and she had bought me the DVDs, which I like DVDs. I, I like books, but if, 
I can get the DVD of it. I mean, like, come on with it. So I, I got the DVD set, and I'm sitting there watching these um, <clears throat> Robert Slairdon talk about God's generals and just receiving impartation through their testimony of their lives and, and just saying, God, do it again, but do it the way you want to do it now, and just laying just being with him, you know, I'm just like, wow, I look at their lives and God shifted things since those uh, generals and, and now we're in a, a different season. And so I don't want him to do it the same way, but I glean from their lives and their hunger and their example. I learn from their mistakes and the things that we shouldn't repeat. I learn, you know, just like Bible, you know, people in the Bible, you know, we learn from the good and we learn, we learn from the not so good in their lives. And so in the midst of all this, and I'm just getting wrecked by Jesus, lay back on the couch, and he said something to me that was very, very significant that oftentimes I haven't thought about enough. And he said, if you'll, if you'll just focus, if you'll just focus on others, first focus on your wife, focus on other people, I'll take care of you. You know, in, in the moment, sometimes you think you're like, yeah, that's amazing. But then you have to unpack it, you know, a little bit. And, and, and I know that's simple, but in it, I felt like that the whole uh, kingdom culture is, in, it, that's encompassed in kingdom culture. Is that when I actually catch the revelation that it's about me ministering, loving, honestly. I want to remove the word ministry from it, but me loving other people intentionally that I never have to worry about my own needs being met. Because as Colossians 2 says, is that actually in Jesus, he, I am complete in Him. What, what that means to me is that I've found fulfillment in, in the only one that can fulfill me. <laughs> Isn't that good? I tried to fulfill myself with a lot of things. Lots of stuff, lots of people, lots of drugs. Lots of sports, lots of achievements, lots of, lots of things. And I left empty. I left empty every time, even with the good things. I left wanting more, left knowing there was more. <laughs> and then the day that I met Jesus, I found out what I'd been looking for. I found out where my fulfillment was. And I still, even in the midst of, of meeting him, when Jeremy led me to the Lord so many years ago, I, I remember still going after other things because I didn't know who I was. And so I understand what it's like to still go after other things in the midst of being a Christian. I know what it's like to, to live in sin as a Christian. I know what it's like to make horrendous mistakes as a believer. I, I know what that's like. I know the condemnation that it brings, the shame that it brings. I know the enemy comes in and tells you things that are, uh, you know, he's always lying to you, but he begins to try to manipulate you and tell you that you are what you do and and even though that's not true, in the midst of darkness, it feels, feels very true, right? I know, I know what that's like, but I also know what it's like to turn away from those things because of the grace of God and the mercy of God, and then coming into the place where I say, Jesus, here, you can just have every bit of my life. You can have it all. You can have every desire. You can have every dream. You can have every want. You can have everything. You can have every bit of it if I get you in return. You're going to be enough for me. You're going to be enough for me. 
And you know, it took me a little while to get to that place. And if you're not there today, I'm telling you that I would get there as fast as you can. <laughs> because it is the satisfaction that my soul has desired since I have been, since the day that I was born and began to suck air. It was the desire that my soul had looking for, waiting for the moment that the creator of it would actually come into that space and fill that void and empower me into a place to be everything that he saw me as before the foundation of the world. Come on. Like he saw you before he had you in his heart, in his mind before the foundation of the world. <laughs> He's been dreaming about you for a real long time. <laughs> That ought to make you happy because you know what? It begins to destroy lies that, that I'm a mistake, that I'm here by accident, that I don't have purpose, that I, right, all those things that we go through. Like it's, <laughs> it begins to dismantle those things that people have spoken over us, that we've spoken over ourselves, that we've believed, that parents have told us, whatever it is, dysfunction has messed us up and you begin to think that I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> And then God says something like, hey, I've been dreaming about you since the foundation of the world. And he says things like in Ephesians 2.10, you're actually my masterpiece. <laughs> That's pretty valuable. More valuable than a Picasso or any other, right? Rembrandt, whatever you, whatever you're, if you're... <laughs> You're an artsy person, you know, it just whatever price tag you can put on a piece of, of physical art, the Father has placed a price tag on you that the world cannot define, cannot come up with a number big enough. It, it, he has placed a price tag on you that actually identifies how valuable you are to Him, and within that, it unlocks who you are as a son, as a daughter of God, so that you can actually begin to flow with everything that he has for you in life and enjoy him. So one of the things that I'm, I'm learning to do in, in this season, as I've been learning to do in every season at some level, is learning to enjoy him. Learning to enjoy him. That makes the gospel simple to me. That makes the I know we're this is this is talking about the kingdom. Luke 17, around verse 21, the Pharisees and religious leaders are saying, Hey, when's the kingdom coming? Right? They're 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 waiting for prophetic words that they have interpreted a, a certain way, and some of them that have identified the fact that there's a there's a new Jerusalem, that there's a kingdom that's coming that's going to be different. And they're looking at it from, from human perspective. And Jesus begins to give them heaven's perspective. And he says, the kingdom is not going to come with observation. See here, see there. He said, because the kingdom of God is actually within you. <laughs> Dave Knoll says that joy, joy is an inside job. <laughs> joy is an inside job. If I'm not joyful, it's because there's something in here that needs to be corrected. Because within my soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. And, and, and that's, that's where he's, he's going after. Because when I give my life to him, my spirit, we're three-part triune beings, spirit, soul, and body. 
right? My spirit is, is as saved as it's going to be. You're not going to get any more saved than you, than you are right now if you've already given your life to Jesus and you're born again. Like you're saved, right? Then comes my, my soul gets surrendered to him and my mind begins to get transformed. My will gets surrendered to him and my emotions begin to get rewired as my mind is, is transformed. And, and then I begin to realize that I'm more spirit than I am soul or body. And I quit running, letting my soul run the show and my human desires run the show. And, and I know that takes transformation time and we're all in process. I get that. <clears throat> I remember that, I think it was, I don't think it was Ben Fitzgerald. It was one of the Bens, Ben Armstrong, Ben Fitzgerald, one of those two guys when I was in GSSM. And he said, um, when I state that I am just a human, I'm just like, I'm just human, Right is that I actually inadvertently exalt the flesh and the devil above God. <sighs> I thought, wow, that was really painful. <laughs> because you're not just human, right? You're born again. You're more spirit than you are the rest. You're a spiritual being now. You always have been, just waiting for your creator to come in. And ignite that thing that was on the inside of you already. The value, the created image that you, you had from the foundation of the world. When Jesus came in, it came alive. And the only thing that didn't believe it was my mind. <laughs> and so when I say things like, I'm just human and I make excuses for the mistakes that I make. Actually what happens is, is I just don't know who I am yet is that my mind doesn't quite get it yet, and that's okay. Because God's got a remedy for all of that. It's like he laid it out through the Bible. And this is the, this, is the, this is the journey we are on of transformation. It's process. Another thing they said to me when I was in school, they had this tagline that said, embrace the process. I thought, that's too simple. And then you get in, you're like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just embrace the process, and I'm going to be in good shape. And to me, that, that, looks, like, that looks like kingdom living. Matthew 6, I'm going, to, I'm going to get to this prayer, I promise. Matthew 6, it's in verse 9. The disciples asked Jesus, asked Jesus to teach them to pray. I thought that was pretty prolific, you know? I don't think I ever asked somebody to teach me to pray. You ever asked somebody to teach you to pray? I don't think I did. I just listened to the people that are around me. I, I remember this guy, Don Sink, when I first got saved. He's hopefully, I, I know where he is. He's in heaven. I don't know how that works, though. I know it's a realm around us. I don't know if they get to look in on special moments or there's like none of that stuff in the Bible. I like to think <laughs> that they get to look in on moments of people's lives that they really added value to and believed in and were a part of their fruit. So Don Sink could be looking over the banister of heaven this morning. I don't, I don't know. And uh, he used to just call on me to pray. The lead prayer in groups. I'm like, I don't have a clue what's going on. Like, but he saw something in me. He saw, he saw, he saw something on my life. And, and he gave me an opportunity to be able to just talk it out. And you just learn it, that praying is just like talking to a friend. 
All right? You ever catch yourself praying, and, or have you gotten tired of praying? You, you catch yourself, you're like all these like real spiritual terms. It's just you and Jesus, and you're like <laughs> you, you, you're praying like you were praying in public, and you're like, this is not personal. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I'll make this. <laughs> I am trying to make this really fancy for you right now, and uh, <laughs> it's not necessary. <laughs> And he'll work with whatever you got. Wherever you're at in life right now, if you feel like that's what you need to do. But I caught myself doing that before. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm just going to be real with you. Like, I don't know why I'm doing in all this special language to make my prayer more special by the words that I use. He's like, no, just talk to me like a friend. Talk to me like a friend. So the, the disciples ask him, they say, hey, teach us how to pray, Jesus. And I figured if, if the disciples are asking Jesus to teach them how to pray, then I ought to pay close attention to what he teaches them to pray. And so in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Have you ever hoped for something a little longer than that when he taught him to pray? You're like, could you explain that a little better? So I'm going to give you the best of my understanding of, of what that means and just talking about kingdom culture and tying it in with the fact that like, this was his plan that you be here. This was his, his plan. This was his idea. You're not here by mistake. This is by, this is by divine design, by the creator of the universe. He made you to be loved, and he made you to love others. When I boil it down and make it simple, that's what, I, that's what we're here for. And each one of us have certain assignments, and each one of us have giftings and passions, and, and there are certain things that you'll do and spheres of influence that you'll have that I won't, and, and vice versa, and we make up the body, and we make up the bride of Christ. Isn't that special that he chose us to, to be the bride? I know men struggle with that. It's just not all, all of us, but... We're moving, into a, we're moving into a time, I don't feel like I can touch on this a whole lot, but you know, we've learned and are learning and will continue to learn for the rest of our existence about being sons and daughters. Galatians 3.26, for you're all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Like the moment you said yes to Jesus, you became a son or you became a daughter of God. One of the two. It's that simple. Right? You got born again, not just into something, but into someone. You became one with Christ, and your identity rests in Him alone. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter what you've done recently, no matter what you've ever thought, no matter how horrendous it may be to you, your identity rests in Him, not in anything that you've ever done, not any rap sheet, not anything anybody's ever said. None of that stuff can define you, only He can. <laughs> because we sang it this morning, what can wash me clean? All right? It's the blood of Jesus that destroys all that stuff. Because when his kingdom comes, all other things must bow. 
when the kingdom of light comes, all darkness must leave. I remember being in a restaurant in, in Brazil, and this lady had had headaches for two, she'd had a headache for two years. Two years of a headache, not off and on, not sometimes, not four or five times a week. For two years, she'd had a headache. I thought, boy, that sounds miserable. And here she is, she's working, she's still doing her thing because y'all, you know, women are tough. That's all I can say. I just, <laughs> you're, you're just tougher than us. <laughs> I'm just finally admit it after growing up with four sisters and not wanting to admit it, but it's just true. And so I just went over to her in the restaurant and, and through the, the translator, uh, Pastor Ezekiel's son, Gabriel, I said, hey, ask her if she knows how much Jesus loves her and can I show her? It's <laughs> my evangelism uh, tool. <laughs> and so then you look for a way to show them. And I say, hey, did, ask her if she has any pain. And then she tells me, and I said, hey, I'm just going to hold my hand over your head. I'm just going to release the kingdom. Just speak the name of Jesus. And uh, I, I, and I usually, you know, I don't, I don't teach people to say God's going to heal you or any of those. Like that's that's not a good statement to say to people. <laughs> there have been times when I've said it and He's done it, you know, but it's few and far between. It's just a faith thing. And um, this was one of those times. And so I just was really confident in what Jesus was getting ready to do. <laughs> And we'd been we'd seen a hundred percent people healed on the street up until that point. We did a whole trip. Hundred percent of the people we prayed for, we saw Jesus heal on the street. I'm like, that's so you know, you just build more faith as you keep on going. And you're like, you're just you're just doing this, Jesus, and I'm glad to be along for the ride. And so I hold my hand over her head and I just release peace in the name of Jesus. And I said, Hey, how do you feel? And uh she shows me her arms and she's got She's got goosebumps all the way down her arms, and the windows are open in this restaurant. We're in Brazil, you know, and, it, and it's, I don't know, 90, <laughs> so there's no AC. And, uh, and she's like, the moment that you spoke that, everything left. And you know that peace is the Greek word arene that you can actually trace back to the Hebrew word shalom, which in, in and of itself is everything that, that we need. It's prosperity, it's nothing missing, nothing lacking, it's healing, it's freedom, and it actually breaks the power uh, of the authority that chaos thinks it has. It says that in the definition, I love that. <laughs> it break, so, so what I hear is that when you release peace, you release the kingdom. And Jesus is teaching the disciples, he said, this is, this is what you, sh you should pray. You should pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You see that? Because the, 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 th the temptation, this is, this is what I see, is that the temptation in, in human nature will be to build a kingdom unto myself that will look good externally and not actually see his kingdom built, which Jesus is the one that's building, and I am learning to enjoy him while I work with him, not for him. You see the difference there? 
Jesus isn't looking for slaves. He's looking for sons and daughters that are beginning to understand what it is to actually be the bride of Christ. Because this one thing I was going to say is that the bride, the bride can go into places that the kids cannot. You get that? All you married folks, get that. <laughs> All the rest of you probably don't need a description. But there's a level of intimacy that the bride can step into that sons and daughters don't have access to. And purity and holiness and righteousness. I know sometimes when we hear the word intimacy, we think physical, or at least men do. <sighs> Women usually get it. <laughs> Even though in some cultures you can't use that word. I found out in Pakistan you can't use that word because they don't, they hear that word, they, they just think sex. That's it. So you use other words like deeper relationship. There's a relationship between a husband and a wife that, that a husband and wife don't have with their children. They have a close relationship with their children, but the, but the connection between them will always be different and deeper. Right? That's the way that it's supposed to be. And so, so understanding this place that we're, go, we're going into is vital to being able to release the kingdom and all that I do so that I don't try to build something unto myself. My constant prayer is, what I started with, is that if I'll focus on others, he'll focus on me. And when I hear that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, it's all about what he wants. It's all about his heart's desire. I'm not saying he doesn't let us make choices, but when I'm actually fully surrendered to him and I I'm operate out of, the mind of the, out of the mind of Christ, I will make choices that are according to his heart's desire effortlessly, and I won't have to try. I won't even have to look to him all the time for direction in everything that I do because I'm walking as one with him. And the fruit of my life will show whether or not it's Jesus. Always, it isn't just because God said. <laughs> it's going to be the fruit that tells us whether or not he actually said it. And if I'm living according to his, his will in releasing his kingdom. All right? I always say time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. And so it's, it's a beautiful opportunity in this season of our lives because this is what I feel like is happening is that because there's so much process, when you, when you come into revival culture, <clears throat> when you come into revival culture where it's, it's raining, figure, let me just give you a natural picture to help you understand a spiritual thing. When it's raining in the natural, we're growing grass right now. We've been growing grass since, uh, it, I mean grass in my yard too, for any of you that are still pick up on something different when you hear that. <laughs> just want to clarify. So, in my yard, <laughs> certified lawn care came. They aerated it <laughs> and put seed into the ground. <laughs> they did it in the front last year, and I realized how hard it is to, to grow a lawn. <laughs> I thought, man, this is a lot more work than I wanted. But it's a beautiful process, and you learn a lot about the things that Jesus said. And so rain is vitally important. Plant seed in the spring, you don't have to water because nature does the job for you. So 
if you're ever going to plant a lawn, I encourage you to do it in the spring. But what I've found out is that they actually can't put weed killer on your lawn until the seeds have, until the grass has sprouted, grown, and gets to a certain place. And so that means that you have to let the weeds grow up with the grass. And so when you come into a revival culture where it is raining in the spirit, and it's a downpour on our lives through the worship and, and everything that's been created, the atmosphere and the open heaven that we all carry when we come together, it gets even bigger, all that stuff. A combination of that, we're standing in the downpour of heaven. I know sometimes it feels like you're not getting wet, and I know that sometimes it looks like people are getting wet that aren't, and they're in, right next to each other. I, I get that. I don't understand that, but I know that happens. But in the midst of all that, when you say yes... You come into a place like this, which there's places like this all over the world. Then the weeds begin to grow up with all the good stuff. You know what grows faster than grass does? Weeds. <laughs> you know what will grow higher than your grass? Weeds. You know what? That's actually a good thing. Because they become more noticeable. And you can't hide them. And we're not supposed to. So the weeds in my thinking and my emotional hurt and my heart and my wounding and all that stuff, when you come into revival culture, guess what? That stuff is going to come to the surface. And I've got two choices. I can run from it or I can embrace it. Right? I've seen both happen. I've wanted to run from it in my own life. And I've fortunately had people around me that taught me to embrace it. <clears throat> and in that... I can allow Jesus to begin to be the gardener. Remember Mary thought he was the gardener? Thought he actually is a really good gardener. <laughs> allow Jesus to be the gardener of my thinking, to heal my wounding, so that the kingdom culture that is within me will begin to be the thing that flourishes. Because you know that he's not... It's like certified lawn care told me, they're like, we're not, you know, we're not worried about the weeds, just let them grow. We'll get them later. <laughs> you know, Jesus isn't worried about any of that stuff you got going on in there, internally, in your inner world, that other people don't even know about, maybe only the closest people do, to you do. Like, he's not worried about that stuff. He just wants us to relax and trust Him and realize that even in the midst of my process, even in the midst of everything that I'm going through, that when I will continually focus on His heart's desire, His kingdom coming, His will being done, that that kingdom within me, you know, in, in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy inside of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not in natural things, but it's actually in righteousness and peace and in joy in the Holy Spirit. And so the kingdom realm is contained within Holy Spirit. That's how the kingdom is within me. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like we really have the upper hand. <laughs> like we're really set up for success. 
<clears throat> and when I begin to externally pray that prayer, because what happens is that I can do one of two things, is that I can sow in the midst of my process that I'll be at some level of throughout my whole life, I actually personally believe that there is a place that I can come to to where I'm fully healed, fully whole, and walking in the fullness of everything that he has for me. I'm not going to walk around, not going to walk around wounded for the rest of my life, right? Doesn't mean I won't get wounded again, but now as we grow up, I realize how, it, how I can get healed. I let his love come in. You see that spit bubble? It wasn't that, it didn't have a lot of range on it, but it was... <laughs> <clears throat> So I, I may get wounded again, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to stay wounded. And so I can never use the excuse that I'm just in process. That's why I'm all messy, right? Because when I, have, when I embrace allowing people to speak into my life and mentor me and love me and father and mother me and get inner healing stuff and ultimately take my beliefs higher. Because you know, me getting healed inwardly without my mind changing won't, will do me some good, but it won't do me a lot of good. Like my thinking, my thought process has to change for my actions to change. Because my thinking has to change for my perspective to change. And if you haven't learned by now <laughs> that life is all about perspective. <laughs> and I love that because it makes it simple. And because you and I, according to Ephesians 2.6, are seated in heavenly places in Christ, we have a really good perspective. Like we got really good seats to this thing. <laughs> Better than box, front row box seats at whoever your favorite thing is. I don't know, sports, opera, whatever you like. <laughs> I'll only be at one of those two things, but <laughs> I'll let you guess which one. <laughs> Less Lindsay asks. Fortunately, she doesn't like. So I went on that one. <clears throat> So in the midst of all this, when I will embrace, because I'll tell you, I know, I know the temptation. Please hear me when I say this. Like when you have things going on inwardly, which we all do at some level, right? Like there's something going on in here. There's something we're working through. There's something we're being transformed out of into more of who we were created to be. The temptation through human nature, not through divine nature, but through human nature is to turn inwardly. And I begin to just focus on what's going on in me. Only me. Remember I told you earlier, self-care is important. But it's easy to lose sight in the midst of self-care and say, I'm just taking care of me. And it looks real spiritual on the surface. And I've lost sight of the fact that I carry the kingdom realm within me. Or it carries me, however you want to say it. <laughs> I know he's carried me a whole lot. <laughs> now I hope that most days we're walking together, even though there are still some that he carries me through for sure. But when I remember that I have that within me in the midst of my stuff, you, you, know, what, you know what can happen? I've, I've, done, I've done this so, so many times. Oh, I'm just, we'll just talk about the last eight years. I've done this so many times when I don't feel good, when I'm sick, when I'm in pain, when I'm whatever. And the temptation is that I just want to think about me because I don't feel good and I want to throw a little pity party and what about me and all that stuff. Like I've done that, you know, 
I just hide it better than some other people. (laughs) So I just do it by by when I'm alone, you know, and don't want to get out of bed or whatever. And I go out to the store and I remember, I remember walking through Aldi's and I was shopping and I was sick, physically sick. And there was this lady walking through, walking, uh, getting ready to walk past me. I, I saw her. She was back by the dairy section, and, and she was limping. And I, I literally said to the Holy Spirit, I am not going to pray for her. I do not feel like it. He didn't even say, he hadn't said anything to me. <laughs> but my mind is so conditioned in a good way when I see something externally. I'll notice a cast, brace, crutch, limp, Whatever it is, because for years and years, over a decade of my life, I've trained my eyes to, in crowds of people to look for something that's wrong and sensitize myself to be able to pick up on whatever's going on you know, that may be wrong with somebody. So I get the opportunity to show them that the Father loves them. But this day, I was like, I am not having it. I know what you're getting ready to ask me to do, and I'm going to beat you to it. Like I could like, get it out in front of Jesus, like he hadn't seen this coming, right? <laughs> silly some of the things we do and so <clears throat> when I began to when I got about this close to her I, probably three or four feet away I heard the word compassion in my mind and when I heard it I felt it and you know what compassion does it causes you to forget about all your stuff <laughs> and all of a sudden I didn't care about being sick And all of a sudden, it wasn't about me. All of a sudden, it was about this woman who was in pain, seeing that Jesus loves her. And I watched that day as this this lady gets healed. Aisle six of Aldi's, right? I'm just like, Jesus, that was amazing. You know what was even more amazing was the lesson I learned. Because I walked away from that healed myself. (laughs) and I learned what Jesus had said to me years earlier if you'll just focus on other people I'll focus on your needs oh boy thanks you know he's just ever so gently reminding us over and over he's like just teaching you it can be your way if you want it to or you can realize that you actually operating out of the compassion and love that I have birthed in you through my spirit into your born-again nature will bring the healing that you need at times. I thought, man, that's good, Jesus. And you know what? Still at times I forget it. (laughs) But I remember quicker than I used to. And that's what we call growth. And God celebrates progress, not perfection. God celebrates progress, not perfection. And each one of us, if you're pursuing Jesus and in relationship with Him, you can look back over the course of the last six months and guarantee that you've grown somewhere. Right? It's worth celebrating. I focus 90% of my time celebrating progress and 10% of my time focusing on the issues that I still need to work on because I'm not blind to those things. I realize they're so there. I'm still there. I'll be oblivious and just act like everything's amazing. Right? Everything is amazing, but I still have things to work on. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm still working on things and, and through things. And 
with Jesus and, and through the process, realizing that everywhere you and I go, because the kingdom realm was within us, just like that woman in Aldi's, just like that woman in that, that restaurant in Recife, when the kingdom, when a king's kid walks into a place carrying the kingdom realm, there is no darkness that can stay. That when you open your mouth, the kingdom of light comes out and darkness just begins to be destroyed. Like you don't have to say anything spiritual. You're just making an order at your favorite coffee shop or, or just making small talk in the fishing lure aisle. Sorry, I got fishing on the mind. <laughs> well, I went this week for the first time this year, which is all actually a little sad, but I'm going to go a lot more, I promise. <clears throat> you can just be making small talk to people, and the kingdom is being released through you because you've said, yes, God. I want your will to be done, your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Because this little bitty life that I get, I know that you can make the impact that you want to make with it as I continue to pray that prayer and allow you to destroy darkness, take back the ground that the enemy doesn't belong, it doesn't belong to him anyway, and ultimately release the love of the Father into the planet that desperately needs to know that, they, that he loves them that they are loved by Him, that they are adored by God, right? Every generation of people can say there is no more important time than, for, than this time for the people to know that God loves them. We say in this, we're echoing the same thing. They've been echoing for, for generation after generation after generation. And we can say that darkness is getting darker and it's getting worse or we just have greater awareness of it because of the internet. Whatever it is, Every generation has had darkness in it. <laughs> There's been darkness here for thousands of years, right? And so I'm not going to talk it up and be impressed by it. <sighs> I'm not going to be ignorant of it, but I'm not going to brag on it. <laughs> I'm going to realize that one's king, one king's kid carrying the kingdom realm is the majority not on just any store, not on just any city block, but any city, <laughs> any nation. <laughs> what? Would you save it for 30, 50, 40, 30? How many righteous does there need to be? Right? <clears throat> Jesus answered that question. There just needed to be one. <laughs> There just needed to be one righteous to make generations righteous. And that's what you've become. You've become in right standing, wrapped in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. He sees you according to his sacrifice and not anything that you've ever done wrong in your life. You've got a clean slate. Isn't that great? <laughs> it feels really good to me. <laughs> and so if you would stand with me. And I just want you to, to put your hand on your, on your heart <laughs> and pray for the person that needs it the most. <laughs> and I'm going to join you praying for me. <laughs> and I just want you, I, I'm, I'm going to pray over you in a second, but I just want you to pray for yourself the way that sometimes you pray for those that you love the most. Because guess what? It's most important that you love you.
And I'm not sure if anybody needed it today. I know I did. Just a reminder of who we are. You carry the kingdom realm within you. That you're the majority in every situation. That you're here on purpose, with a purpose. That sometimes sounds a little cliche, but it doesn't make it not true. (laughs) And you carry within you the most powerful force there is in the world. Whatever you're facing today, I just want you to pray yourself through right now. Just pray, pray. You don't have to pray out loud. You can pray in the Spirit. You can pray loud or soft or in your head. Just pray for about a minute. Pray for you or for the two of you if you're... (laughs) There's more than one of you. (laughs) If you are with child, it's very biblical. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you for a room full of people that are watching this. Of people that are willing to pray the prayer that you taught the disciples and therefore taught us to pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you that you have entrusted us with way more than, than, than I can comprehend myself by placing within us and placing us within the realm that is kingdom by causing us to be born again by the Spirit of God. We thank you for giving us so, so, so much. We thank you for the opportunity to live this life with you and to enjoy you in every season. We thank you that we get to release the kingdom everywhere that we go to destroy the darkness that wants to, but isn't going to get to, overtake our cities, overtake our nation and the nations of the world. We thank you that we already know who's victorious. You are the victorious one. We are victorious because we are in you and so thank you for proper perspective on this season thank you that whatever we are going through I pray that there be healing in hearts today woundings that need to be healed that your love needs to saturate I pray right now that your love would be released into those places of the soul 
into those places that have been damaged by drugs in the minds. Into the trauma center of the body, we release the love of the Father to destroy trauma. Yeah. Reroute things in there. Yeah, to change reactions and responses and triggers and all those things. I thank you that your love is bringing healing restoration and ultimately a restoring back to our original intent everything that you dreamed we would be yeah we thank you holy spirit for helping us in this season to focus on others as you focus on us we thank you that we get the opportunity to live this life with you so we say yes right now in this season to just focusing outwardly. Still taking care of ourselves in all the ways that we need to while living this life in our new nature, selfless, free, victorious, regardless of what things look like. So thank you. Right now we choose to have the perspective that we get to have from heaven to earth, seeing things the way that you see them so that we can continually be empowered by your grace to thrive in this season right now. And I pray that if our eyes are set on the future because it looks better than our presence, that you would help us to continue to dream and at the same time enjoy you in this season and not try to live somewhere that we don't even know if we're going to get to. That we'd be present today. That you'd help us to be present in every moment, engaged with you and with the people that are around us. To deepen relationship and to love those that we get to love and focus on and care about things that are going on in others' lives. Teach us how to do this, Holy Spirit. Teach us. The disciples asked you to teach them to pray. Teach us how to live a healthy kingdom lifestyle. Teach us how to release the kingdom. All the things that we do. Teach us how to let you love us. <laughs> yeah. Teach us your ways, Jesus. Teach us your ways. Yeah, teach us your ways. So I bless what you're doing in the room right now. Bless what you're doing in lives and families. Pray more, God. Increase. Increase of our awareness. Increase of our awareness of you always with us always with us thank you I felt like some people as I was having you pray for yourselves it's something that you don't ever do because you feel like it's selfish 
you did it all the time and you were the only one you prayed for, yeah, that'd be true. But sometimes, you know, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to lay hands on you and just pray yourself into something. Realize that the Spirit of the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in there. And when you lay hands on you, it's just as effective as when you lay hands on somebody else. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And so, Father, thank you for rearranging the way that we think, the way that we see, the way that we live. And thank you that you have removed all the pressure to be perfect. <laughs> because you already are. <laughs> this is what I say oftentimes about people is that you're already perfectly imperfect <laughs> I know we're being perfected in Christ I just felt like that he was just there needed a reminder that the pressure was being relieved already had been now it needs to be re released off of you that you don't have to do everything just perfect and join Him is what's going to be most important in this season. And join Him. And out of that place, you're going to begin to see more people impacted by the kingdom you carry than ever before. And so I bless that right now, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that we've got you to depend on. In Jesus' name. <laughs> we got the prayer team that's that's coming up. If you need prayer for, for healing or some of this stuff hits you in the heart and you just want somebody to continue to pray with you, we want to give you an opportunity to get prayer. If Jesus is still doing something, by all means, you can hang out, sit for a while. If you need to take off, you can enjoy this amazing day. Go ahead and do that. Thanks for for taking some time to join with us this morning. We're super grateful. Hopefully we'll see you on Wednesday night at 6.30. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.